Hoover to Oates. Nice pass finds Cadbury. Peltier joins him on the rush. Going to the goal. There's the pass. Went in. Scores! Take the Peltier's first NHL goal. A beauty on a two-on-one. And it's a one-goal game. Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fanishers, I am your host and uh, all by myself. That was really bad singing. That's not what you're here for. Uh, I am joined by your favorite co-host or not in the studio, as you can see on YouTube, but he is, I believe, I want to say on his way to Calgary as he celebrated the uh, Jacob Pelche's first goal that you heard there. Um, but I am joined by Mr. Jeremy Boucher, who is uh, dis- location undisclosed, correct? Well, I'm actually on a, a scouting a scouting mission, uh, scouting trip. That's right. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that um, in a little bit. Yeah, I'm in the Port City, home of the Sea Dogs. So I'll give I'll give that away. <laughs> uh, just finished up the. Uh, let's say I was scouting the. The ter- the uh, NBPEI midget tournament in Quispamsis over the weekend. Yeah. Let's say I was, let's say I was doing that, um, and I'm still here doing some uh, running around until the middle <laughs> of the week. Well, you know what? We always uh, appreciate your uh, scouting knowledge and what you put into it. So it's a little bit easier to see that from a live uh, live screen than uh, watching it on your TV. Have you started your new Twitter handle yet? And what we think which, are you talking about my unicorn name? No, I'm talking about shit my wife says during sports oh. as you had some oh. of the most you messaged me with some of the during the Super Bowl some of the iconic uh things before we get to the Super Bowl just like some of the shit, what was it the Seattle Sea Dogs and That's right. Yes. Uh my wife uh who of course is a huge sports fan. <laughs> uh, the biggest yep. sports fan out there. Ish, yeah. Uh, I had her guess the uh, the teams participating in the Super Bowl based on their logos. Um, now, she said Philadelphia was the Seattle Sea Dogs, uh, and she referred to Kansas City as the Arrows. Which is not technically wrong. She's clo- I mean, the Sea Dogs logo and the Seaha- uh, Eagles logo, if you're looking at it, they kind of aim the same way i guess but um i mean that's what was her prediction prediction for the score too she said uh when it was seven seven i asked her what the score was and she said 22 to three (laughs) so i was uh yeah she she wouldn't know how to guess the score of a football (laughs) game i think i asked her that question last year and uh she's i think it's actually on my facebook uh memories yeah let me just pull it up here. If I'm, oh yes, uh, last year she said the Bengals were going to win five to three. Not bad. So uh, that was her Super Bowl prediction last year, <laughs> and um, not so she, clearly she needs to, uh, you know, um, realize that there's more scoring in uh, football. Yeah. So hopefully you're going to teach Avery what about football and how to count scoring and teams and logos and stuff for. Yeah, she wanted to yeah. stay up uh, to watch the game last night, or yeah, Sunday night, yeah. and was upset because she fell asleep um, shortly after the two-minute and two-second U.S. national anthem. <laughs> nice. Um, so getting into the game, I mean, your thoughts on the game first, and then we'll get to the halftime show, but your thoughts on the game? Uh, what game? Because we all know it was the Rihanna concert. That's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, we'll start with the Rihanna concert. As uh, someone who a couple weeks ago said I wasn't a fan of Rihanna, and then I started listening to her playlist uh, to get hyped up. A, we suck at guessing. She didn't even play our song, let alone start it. Um, I had to ask you what the first song was because I didn't even know what it was. That's how big of a Rihanna fan. Have my money. <laughs> yeah, I, that's how big of a Rihanna fan I am. I, I don't know. I was just kind of underwhelmed, um, and I don't know if I was expecting the big theatrical dance numbers and and all the you know, the passer bowls with uh, the weekend and he had the big stage and then the dancing and then last year's iconic uh, Dr. Dre. So you're kind of, your expectations were up. I like the sets coming down. I thought the the wire uh, stages were kind of cool, but 
I just I was underwhelmed, and maybe I don't know what a Rihanna show is. Maybe obviously some things came out after uh, that probably was why she didn't really dance mm-hmm. as much. But um, great singer, and I just for me, I was underwhelmed. What about you? Uh, I was more kind of it was a, it was a great performance. Yeah, yeah. it was it was incredible. Um, but you know, you can only fit so many songs into a you know a fifteen minute set. Yeah, and she left out some bangers. Like there were some bangers that she just did not play. Yeah, you know? the two just we said. Yeah, please don't stop the music. Ponda replay. You know, shut up and um, drive. Yeah, like those are four classic Rihanna yeah. songs that she didn't even get a chance to to perform. So look, I could have watched that for three hours. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's just the kind of singer she is. She's a she's got all she's got the hits. She played the hits, and she could have been out there for fifty five minutes. She could have been the Super Bowl because she's <laughs> that talented. She's she's got that many that many songs in in, uh, in in her back pocket. And that's the thing too is when you have thirteen minutes and you have that many hits. Like nothing against the weekend, but he doesn't have as many hits as Rihanna because he hasn't been doing this as as long and. You know, same with last year's hits. They all had so many hits that when it's 13 minutes, do you play, you know, if you have most of your hits and play like a minute and a half to two minutes to jam them all in? Or do you just try to do it for a show-wise to put a show together from like upbeat to slow to, I mean, she ended in Diamond. Shout out to Will who actually picked a song that was in the performance. Maybe not the first one, but she ended with Diamonds. It's just like, where do you find that balance of playing all your songs or having a performance where you're allowed to sing a little bit? And I think she found a pretty decent balance in that. I only didn't know. I only didn't know one song and that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And last week I was, I was kind of going through her, her song list and I was yeah. like, you know, bitch better have my money. with <laughs> like one of the dark horse songs that I wanted to take. And I was yeah. just like, that was, does she have it in her to start with that song? And I was like, no, she's no, there's no way she would start with that song. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, did you stay up for the whole game? No, 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 no. I was, I was in bed before, um, I was passed out before Kansas city got their opening touchdown in the second half. Wow. Like I, I literally, after the halftime show, I yeah. turned off my TV, went to, went to bed. Um, and yeah, I was out cold. I was hmm. probably, before the second half even started, I was I was out. Wow. I uh, watched the whole thing. Obviously, I had no skin in the game, as I had said many times. I didn't care. Um, it was one of the better Super Bowls for 58 minutes. Um, the last two minutes, pretty anticlimactic, and maybe I'll get to that in a minute. But commercial-wise, um, for the amount of crap that we thought we'd get of continual Canadian commercials that we see all the time, I actually think we got a pretty good mix of U.S. commercials and Canadian commercials. I think my favorite was the TD commercial, um, being afraid to talk about money, where the kid comes in and he's like, hey, Dad, can we talk about my retirement? And the dad's like, um, let's talk about the night you were conceived instead. Or the, <laughs> the girl's like, a nice place. Where, how much, you know, what kind of rate did you get? Uh, do you want to see my rash? Like just being afraid to talk. I think that was one of the the funnier commercials for me. Well, for me, the best commercial was the Explore New Brunswick. Was that you know? a was that on the Super Bowl promote? Like was that everywhere? It was played during um, as soon as halftime hit. It was yeah. one of the first commercials to play, and it was played across Canada. Wow. Okay. Uh, Hundred eighty six thousand dollars they paid to to air that commercial, and uh, hopefully you get a return on investment wow. because yeah. I didn't even think anything of it. It come up and I'm like, Oh, we got a, re- a regional CTV. Cause uh, Fredericton Nissan had some too. And I'm like, did you guys pay to have that across Canada? Yeah. Cause I, and I made the joke. I was like, Whoa, Fredericton Nissan's doing pretty well. Hashtag not a sponsor. If they've got commercials in the, in the Super Bowl, but that, that new Brunswick one was in the Super Bowl across Canada. Uh, it was, I don't know if the Fredericton Nissan one was played nationally, but yeah, the Explore NB one was was put on throughout Canada. It doesn't matter if you were, you know, St. John's, Newfoundland, or Victoria, BC. You were seeing at a, a Explore New Brunswick commercial. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that returns an investment. So Lund family, come out and visit us. 
uh, again. But um, yeah, one of the better Super Bowls. Um, again, the 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 call there. I didn't have any skin in the game. Um, I just if it was being called all night with those ticky tack holding fouls and stuff, I'd have, I'd have been fine with it. But at two minutes where you're not sure, you just got to let them play because once they called that, it was fait complete. Like at least, yep. at least they could have given, and I'm not saying that Philadelphia would have gone down because Kansas city was going to kick the field goal. They might've made it. They might not, but from that distance, but I, I'm not saying Philadelphia was going to go down the field and score. They didn't stop them up until that point either. So you've got situations where, but it just in that two minutes, I don't want to be the conspiracy guy, but you know, you just see so much sports betting. I mean, every league, every professional league, the refs are full time, except mm-hmm. the billion dollar NFL. And I think now that you're getting into sports betting and so much relies on sports betting, I think the NFL truly has to look at maybe um making officials full time because I mean they gotta these guys are lawyers, doctors, you know, they have high paying jobs to be able to take basically six months every weekend off and travel, but they got to do something to get back to actual professional full-time officials, because it's just it that the game was so good, except for that last two minutes. And once you saw the flag, you're like, Kansas city wins. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I saw the penalty. Um, and this morning, I think, the, I think the Eagles player even, even said it, that he agreed it was a holding call. Yeah. So, Maybe I don't know if if the if the player who took the penalty says it was holding, it's holding. You know he's yeah. You know that's just the way I I see it. But it was holding. It looks like holding to me. But yeah, in that juncture of the game, you may maybe take the maybe take the whistles away. But well, and I think the NFL they've got a sky cam and a, an eye judge or whatever they call it, where they can buzz down and say that wasn't a call or that wasn't this. I think that might have been a time to do it. But, again, he came out and said it was a hold. Maybe he said that because he didn't want the controversy and didn't want his house egged by fanatic Philly fans. But, um, you know, it's a situation where it's it's just a tough time to see that being called, especially when there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of things being called. But you know what? We're not a football podcast. We're a hockey podcast. So let's get into that. Uh, don't forget, as always, you can follow us on social medias, Twitter, Monkton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast. TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe. No quick question, but I was in PEI over the weekend, and the Canada game is about to roll out, which gets us kind of into draft season. We've got the Valdor watch coming up here. You can go now, or you can wait a little bit, Um, but it gets us talking about the latest crop of draft-eligible players as they're all going to be heading to PEI. So um, instead of looking forward, which we've got lots of time to do, uh, why don't we look back? You did some research on some of our picks through the pipeline. You found a little bit of an interesting depth situation. So um, why don't you take this one? Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess we'll kind of tie this into the kind of in the team of the week, right? It's um, I'm going with the, instead of doing a, an actual Q team of the week. Okay. I to do a Mountain Wildcats prospects. Ooh, all right. Team of the week. Um, now with that said, um, I will, uh, we'll start things off with the, in, in goal, uh, we've got, I'm going with Eli James. Good call. Uh, with, uh, Ross A. Netherwood, uh, 2.38 goals against average in 13 games. Uh, so him and also Wildcats prospect Riley Sampson. Is that his name? Riley Sampson? Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, so this was past weekend. They, uh, with Ross A., they won the Midwest prep school hockey league championship for the first time in school history not a big uh, deal yeah shout out to those guys uh you know it's not often that you see a little school from ross and uh, new brunswick competing in the midwest <laughs> uh prep school hockey league but um here you are uh so yeah that's uh eli james uh riley sampson and i think the wildcats new brunswick scout uh, jeff lewis is is also their head scout uh, their head coach um, so a few uh, Wildcat connections there. Um, on the back end, and this is kind of where I want to address uh, things. You know, the <laughs> when I was looking at um, at putting this team together, there's not very much in the pipeline when yeah. it comes to D. You know, uh, 
what did I mention to you yesterday? The first, other than Forte Gendron in the last draft, we didn't take a defenseman until the eighth or tenth round, something like that. Yeah, it was it was late. Like they went really forward heavy, and uh, and it was like that the the draft before. Other than his head morale, they didn't have a pick until uh, they didn't take a defenseman until the seventh or eighth round. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that's strategy. <laughs> or, They're tired of carrying eight defensemen. <laughs> But it just seems that they're, you know, uh, there's not much depth on the back end. So it was tough to come up with 2D here, but I did get 2D. So I'm going to go with Brian Hackett, who's, of course, been called up a couple times. Yep. So it's, it's tough to leave him off. Uh, Campbellton Tigers, three goals and seven assists in 38 games. And the most that I'm going to go with my cousin Matt. Matthew Boucher on the St. Foy DMX, uh, five goals, seven assists in 30 games. So uh, he, was the, he was the eighth round selection um, yeah. after we took Moran in the second. And then James Richard was the seventh rounder um, in 2021. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, the eighth round, Nathan DeBrill. Yeah. Like it's, after it's, Forte John Drill. I don't know. Like, there's not much de- depth on the D, so I don't know if they're will- if they're doing that on purpose. If they're, which even get- speaks more to the the surprise that Iacenza was dealt, right? Like, yeah, your depth is already and kind dark, of kind of you're you're kind of thin. Uh, that's taken two away from your depth, and yeah. you know you're the next year. And Valentine and Marcel are both going to be 19 year olds. Well, do you want two 19 year old? Right shot defenseman, yeah. you know it's um, it's tough. You know it's it's. It, I think it really needs to be addressed at the at the next draft or and even in the import draft. Really, mm-hmm. um, up front, uh, we're gonna go with Sidney Delorier, uh, the uh, senior stuff Vikings. Fourteen goals, fourteen assists, forty-one games, and also a goal per game player in the queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't forget that. No, that's huge. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, uh, then we have Cooper Cormier, who's just having a ridic- ridiculous year for the Flyers. 25 goals, uh, 24 assists in 31 games. That's just regular season. That doesn't include tournaments yeah. like the Monctonian, the Ice Jam, the, you know, this past weekend in, in Chris Pam. Um, so he's having a really good year for a player who was, I think, a 14th round pick uh, for Wildcats. And you're the one that watches the Flyers more often than I do, Adam. Uh, he's got a wicked shot. Yeah, he's uh, he's right now in that loshing position uh, on their power play, and whether they got a bumper or they go uh, too high, he just he's there and he and he lets it go. And and one of the you know he hits the net, he's getting it there, um, and he's he's very aggressive going to the net. He likes to make a lot of moves and use his body. Um, last couple of games, I've kind of not compared him to the player per se, but the type of style is. Um, John LeClaire, like he he's got enough speed that it's it's almost deceptive speed in in AAA. Um, mm. I'm not sure if it translates to the Q, but um, but when he gets in front of the net, he's just big and he doesn't he's not movable very easy. And I think that's been one of his strengths in this season. And yeah, his shot on the power play has just been unreal this year. Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess uh, I I couldn't wrap up a prospects team without including Cole Eiserman. Um, <laughs> We're doing our best. We're doing our best uh, for recruitment. I think, of course, Adam, uh, we've yet to start it, but, um, you know, the GoFundMe uh, <laughs> to get this kid to Moncton, uh, I think, uh, should be uh, an adventure we take on together. <laughs> yeah. And so he split his season with the U.S. Under-17 Development Program and the USHL, which, of course, is the top junior A league in in the States. Yeah. Um, you know, 16 years old, playing against 20-year-old players. Um 60 games, 51 goals, um, 41 assists for 92 points. Um, Not a big deal. (laughs) Almost a goal per game. um, And, yeah, just dominating. Uh, Like I said, if there's ever – if we ever can get this player in a Wildcats jersey other than the one he got for being drafted, um, it'll be – he will break some records. Uh, let's, uh, Let's put it that way. Yeah, that like, would he be at the uh, Crosby Bedard selling out the rink style um, hype if he was here for a certain seat? Like, a cer- I say a certain season, but I'm talking Memorial Cup, and again, that comes down to the Goche trade if they actually go for it. 
Um, but if, if that happens and all our ducks line up and our GoFundMe works real well, um, is he that kind of a draw to other markets as the Wildcats go in, or is it just a get your tickets now type thing here in Moncton? It's going to be one of those things where I just, in, in the U S or, you know, in the hockey, the big hockey markets, like in new England, he's, he's known, they know what he's got Uh, in Minnesota. They know what he, what he can do. Mm -hmm. Um, the NHL scouts, the, you know, the scouts at those levels already know his name. They know what he's capable of. Yeah. He's just, he, I mean, there's hype around him just because he can, he's going to be a goal scorer. Uh, you know, when you got 51 goals in 60 games and half those games are against 20 year olds, you're, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. Um, the hype's not there. I mean, he's easily going to be a top 10 pick in the 2024 draft, but um, there's no, hype around him yet right which is probably a good thing okay for his game so um but no he's easily easily going to be a top, top 10 tick uh, top 10 player in, in the 2024 draft um and like i said if if there's if he ever wears a wildcats jersey other than the one he gets he wore after getting drafted even if he even wore it yeah um uh, you know, it, it's it'll be huge for the organization. Um, you know, he will. I'm not saying he will break, you know, Connor Garland records because he's probably only going to be here for one year, a one or two year player. But you know, he could he would do some serious damage if he was playing with the right players. Yeah, uh, that's that's a pretty good team of the week slash uh, prospect uh, update. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and, uh, it was pretty. As uh, as difficult as the as naming two defensemen, <laughs> yeah. pretty easy. Yeah, uh, he was two defensemen. You know, you've got uh, you know James Richards, who you know I, I I figured he'd be playing junior A, but according to EP, he's still playing U18s. Huh. Uh, you know, there's other players that I could have like I, I could have went with with. Kiefer Thompson or, um, you know, but Kiefer Thompson apparently is still playing for Charlottetown. Yeah. You know, it's, it's when you're an 18 year old or a 17 year old and it's your, you've been, it's two years removed since your Q draft year, you should be playing at a higher level. Yeah. Uh, he's not, uh, if there was an honorable mention for goalie, it was Keegan Warren, who's, you know, playing for the yeah. Yarmouth, the uh, Mariners, I think they're called. Yeah. Yarmouth and Yarmouth, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mariners. You, Ray and he's got like a nineteen and three record and a two point something goals against average, but he's also in the he's one of the top teams in the league. So I didn't want to go in like those stats are probably without seeing him play this year, mm-hmm. maybe a little probably benefiting from the player he's the players that that are that are around him. Yeah. So that's kind of why I went with Eli James, just based on age and um, stats. And you know, I saw that he you know, had seven seven wins this year, and three of them were shutouts. Yeah. So, you know, he's either shutting out a team or he's letting in two <laughs> or three games. Um, if he can get it get it figured out, uh, I think he might have a chance at maybe a backup role in the league here. But I had to go with James just for that reason. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, Keegan Warren was the 14th round selection. Like he was yeah. Moncton's final selection in uh, in twenty twenty one, so it's it's never uh, a bad thing to have. You want to do your Valdor update now, or you want to do a Valdor update in a little bit? Um, you know, we can do it now. We'll 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 get your voice uh, rested yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, still have my jingle from last week. Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, so I'll play the jingle uh, over now. So it's like two seconds. Valdor report. Da-da-da. There you go. All right. Uh, so under the Valdor watch, um, so they went one and one since last time we spoke, and their one win was probably the surprise of the week. <laughs> yeah, uh, they broke them seven nothing thumping over uh, Victoriaville, uh, which they broke Victoriaville. Surprised me a lot. Uh, surprised a lot of people. The good thing about that is. The teams that were behind them actually ended up having better weeks. So <laughs> they're now 16th yeah. overall 
in the 18 team league. Uh, I think last week they were 15th. 15th. Yeah. Yeah. So they dropped one spot. And so right now that'll give the Wildcats three balls out of 21 uh, or a 14% chance at the first overall pick. Last week was 10%. Yeah. It messed me up when they put Ottawa in the league standings. Yes. Because I'm like, oh, there's still four. Wait, no, Ottawa doesn't count in our in our league. It's 18. So, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so, um, two yeah, points so behind St. John. It, two points behind St. John now. And so it seems like every week they're dropping a spot, which is, you know, just that much better for us. Um, you know, of course, St. John, they've got uh, some tough games this weekend. Sherbrooke, you know, don't think you're going to beat Sherbrooke. But uh, I think they've got, got two games against Charlestown. So, yeah. Uh, I think um, I think Charlestown could or St. John could easily win one, possibly both of those games. Um, as for Valdor, uh, they are one against Cape Breton tonight and two yeah. against Shakutami over the weekend. Uh, yeah, is it tonight against Cape Breton yeah. uh, in Valdor, and then they've got Saturday and Sunday against Shakutami, both in Valdor. So they've got three home games this weekend. Uh, this week, actually, uh, you know, I think Cape Breton. Um, will want to win this game to separate themselves from from Baldor a little more because yeah. you know standing wise is a big game. Four uh, point. as much as we want to see them lose these two games, we also kind of want to see them win both these two games, right? Yeah. So it, what's the? Uh, it's not. Um, it's it, it'll be a tough spot for for Wildcats fans. Uh, we're kind of on a double yeah. edge, sitting on a double edged sword here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's. You know, what happened on Saturday night is what fans don't want, and that's when Ramuski, Bekomo, Shikutami, uh play each other, and they have three-point games. We need those to be two points. Um, just none of this none of this overtime crap. And actually, I think they went to overtime. They went to a shootout on Sunday, too. So it'd be cool if they could just stop playing three-point games between those two teams. But um, I think... Selfishly, for our show, I think it'd be cooler for uh, Shakutami to get some Ws and allow Valdor to keep dropping so we have a better chance at number one. And maybe if we've got a real good chance at number one, maybe we can go somewhere and do a nice live uh, live draft lottery show. We could do that because usually it's... Um, On RDS or online or something? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I don't know if they do it at nighttime or is it like a 5 o'clock thing? I don't know. I don't know, but it's it'd be kind of... Yeah. <laughs> either way, yeah, that's we got some we got some hockey to get to before we get into that. So, um, but either way, that'd be kind of cool to have all of our fan listeners come down, join us, see a live show, and and go from there. All right, let's get some news notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. Some big changes in the front office uh, this past week. Uh, Philip Boucher of the Drummondville Voltageur resigned and Pascal Daou of Valdor was, uh, relieved of his duties. Um, I'm not sure which of those two is more of a shock to you. Um, I probably would say Boucher just because, I mean, he was part of the, you know, they're in the, the window maybe next year to compete. Uh, they went kind of all in to get, uh, Tyler Peddle. Make sure he was going to show up. Um, the Valdor one, I mean, I understand they are not great, but usually that doesn't happen when you go to a more uh, President's Cup final with a, a super team and then two years later. So I don't know which one of those two surprised you, if either one of those surprised you. Uh, well, obviously, a little upsetting that Uncle Phil was, uh, <laughs> you know, decided to step down there. Um, but you know what? It's um, it, it was weird. You don't you especially. At this point in the season, yeah. you don't see two in one day, which was super rare. Um, so when you saw two in one day, you're wondering, okay, well, is there something going on behind the scenes that, you know, maybe we don't know about, uh, you know, was was that, was this uh, one in Valdor, Dao, was he offered to to step down or if he didn't, he was fired. You know, it's, there's really weird. I, I didn't think that, um, the GM in Drummondville, Phil Boucher would be, would step down. Cause really it was, I thought it was kind of like what we've talked about a lot here recently is coaching. Yeah. Right. It, um, they played that card. Yeah. 
but I don't know. It's weird. You just did, you didn't expect it. I didn't expect to see that. Uh, you know, these are moves that you probably would have seen at the end of the year. Um, but um, for some reason, you know, they've decided to do a little sooner and Snoke fills out. <laughs> and, um, you know, the new GM in, in Valdor is their head coach, Maxim DiRizzo, who's also a former Wildcats defenseman. So he's got uh, the head coaching job now. He's got the general manager job now. And, uh, yeah, so that's a couple surprising moves. I didn't expect to see it uh especially those right now. Yeah, exactly. And you see, I mean, you generally see coaching moves in and around, you know, maybe November or early January, depends how the team goes. But I think first time in five years that I've seen not only one GM be like go mid season, but or near a month and a half left. But the fact that two of them were um, kind of, I, I, I feel like you're right on the either step down or you're let go in, in Valdor. And I, maybe it was the same thing in Drummondville. And I mean, when your team's not playing up to expectations, you have two cards uh, as an owner to play, and that's the coach, and then that's the general manager. And they played the coach card. Uh, they got a little bit of a coach bump, but they kind of settled back into just kind of where they were. So I think the next situation was maybe – well, it was the GM card, but I don't think they named a replacement yet, did they? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. Uh, or in Drummondville, I don't think they have. Um, I haven't seen anything. So as far as I know right now, just, uh, um, Derizo in, in, uh, in, in, when we're talking Valdor here, yeah. that was it. <laughs> all, I know about. all right. And uh, a couple suspensions that, uh, we'll get to, um, one was, uh, our guy, one was technically used to be our guy. Um, Anthony Hamel was given two games, uh, for kneeing, um, it was a flat out knee. Um, and I said it Saturday at in the post game show, uh, from Charlottetown. I didn't think he was going to be at least in this one coming up. Um, I knew he was going to get at least one. Um, he, he ends up getting two. Um, I don't know how many, it's like his second or third suspension, but, um, just two games for him. And then obviously the one, Oh, two. Cause, uh, in January he got an aggressor one. Um, and after that fight, and then the other one that, uh, well, a bit of a weird one. Let's let's be honest. Uh, it started out as a a mom on Twitter, and then uh, which led to the queue coming out and saying we have no video evidence. We're not going to do anything. I feel like it was a scheduled tweet from the Mooseheads, not actually trying to be cute. Um, just oh real, no, come on, really bad timing. No, it was. You think it was, was planned? You think so? Oh, the way they worded it. I didn't. I didn't really see the way they worded it. I didn't really read it. It oh, could have been definitely planned. Well, now I got to go see how they worded it. They, it on. was definitely planned. There's no way that was, uh, you know, if that was a time tweet. I mean, that's that's like just a scheduled cool. one. Yeah. You know that, but yeah, yeah. just the way they, in my opinion, the way they worded it, um, they were trying to get under their get under Gatineau's skin, and it backfired on them. Like tremendously backfired. Yeah, because I mean that's a rivalry that I don't think the Q knew they had, and now they have it. Yeah, uh, 100%. which is something that you don't generally see um, two teams that far. Um, either way, I mean it come out that you know the Q wasn't gonna do any type of suspension because they didn't have video evidence. Then one of the media reporters basically found video evidence real quick, and um, he's been suspended indefinitely. I. Uh, I can't see them playing in the regular season. Um, they're going to have, I mean, we, how many games they got left? Uh, Halifax has 17 games remaining. So, I mean, he's already had what, two? Two games. So, basically, that'd be a 20 game, 20 game suspension if he's yeah. out the rest of the season. It's got to be at least, I mean, that's what, nine in his career now. Um, it's got to at least be double digits. I, I can't see him playing in the regular season. Now, that would be a 20-gamer, but do you? what's more weight, the 20 games in the regular season or he's allowed to come back for a playoff run? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they can – I don't think he's done in the queue, but I think it's got to be at least double digits. I say it's probably 10, and he's already served two, so he'll have eight more left. Yeah, I'm kind of in that 10 to 15 range. Uh, I think we'll probably see him – 
towards the end of March, uh, back in the Mooseheads lineup, because uh, I think your regular season ends that last weekend of March. She'll probably be back, I'd say, mid March. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, that's my guess. Uh, but you know, I guess what do you do with stupid? Oh, 100%. percent. It's uh, people are saying that the fan the fans spit on them. Well, if unless that kid can hawk a loogie, um, <laughs> you know, there's no way that the kids spit on them. Um, if there's if a fan's chirping them, I mean, you can't go and take your stick between a glass and hit a kid with your stick if you're being chirped. I mean, if you're yeah. doing that in juniors, what are you going to do when you're getting into when you go to Philadelphia uh, as a natural predator? When you go to Boston as a natural predator? You go to these markets with with passionate fans, and they're they're calling you every every name in the book, yeah. and you know they're on your case. Um, when you're a pro, it, right? Like not even. It, a... it's, you, if you can't handle sixteen um, year old fans in Gatineau as a as a nineteen year old in the queue, you're gonna have a tough time handling, you know, the drunk rowdy uh fans in boston or philadelphia on a saturday night like you're you're in tough uh so just uh you know like my tweet said million dollar skill five cent brain um that's and that's what we've seen from you know from zach larue it's i don't want that's literally the worst part is it's it's all there and yeah oh yeah now i see the road trip continues for zach larue and your moose heads tonight yeah, I don't think that was a scheduled one. That was a full-on. I mean, if it's out there that day. If thing, it would have said the road trip continues for your mooseheads, right? With Zach Larue's picture. Yeah, yeah. Right, but the fact yeah. that they said, "Oh, for Zach, for Zach Larue and the mooseheads," like, come on, like you're. Yeah, I think I Zach- saw Briar's tweet, and I don't think I actually saw the 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 description. I think I just saw the actual picture, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." But yeah, no, scratch no. what I said earlier. Never mind. That's uh, that's a hundred percent what I said. But I mean that. Zach LaRue doing what he's doing now. I mean, that speaks to the guy off the top of the show that Denis tweeted, uh, Jacob Pelche being able to, I mean, control him at the age of 16, uh, control his, his emotions uh, in that shortened season, as well, uh, Elliot Denoye. I mean, yeah, Zach's had some suspensions there, but, I mean, this stuff didn't really happen as much here with Pelche, but I think Elliot Denoye had a factor on, on Zach LaRue, and I think – yeah, those two players can't be understated for the leadership that they had in, in kind of maintaining a, a healthy, and when I say healthy, I mean on the ice, um, not suspended. Zach Larue, hundred percent. I mean, there's not that kind of leadership in in Halifax, right? Yeah. Like, you can't tell me that if Athelio Biasca can control Zach Larue, it's just not going to no, happen. No, um, Zach Larue's ego um is too big to be able to be controlled by biasca yeah or too big to be controlled by josh lawrence yeah it's too big to be controlled by you know alexander Doucette. you know it's he's got an ego to him and we've seen it in moncton he had his suspensions here in moncton too yeah no silly for, for silly stuff yeah um and you just thought, okay, well, maybe at that point he was sick, a sixteen-year-old. You just thought, okay, who well, is young? You know, showing it, his, it's showing his league. Like he's not backing down for anyone. It's yeah, yeah. He's he, he's trying to show that he can he can play in the league. Yeah, you know, with older players. And but now he's a nineteen-year-old and he's still acting like he's like he's fifteen. Yeah, right. He's like that. He he's basically like the schoolyard punk. You know, he's the one that wants to pick on everybody. Um, and it's, he's getting a bad, it's giving him a bad rep. You know, yeah. I know he was out early a lot in the season and, um, that probably affected his, why he didn't get invited to team Canada, but I think we're probably seeing why team Canada didn't want him to yeah. begin with. You yeah. know, it's, they didn't want that, that, that brain, that distraction, uh, that attitude in the dressing room. And, you know, by the, by the looks of it, they might've made a good, uh, a good call on that one. Yeah, and you know that Nashville's got to have not got to be in his ear um, because you just you can't have that either. Well, you can't you cannot have that in Nashville. Uh, you can't have that in Milwaukee in their in their American Hockey League affiliate. So um, 
it's just it's it's a situation where if it's you know ten to fifteen, hopefully this ten to fifteen really sends a message, and we see a Zach Larue that's motivated in the playoffs and just kind of straightens him out. And this is the last we hear of you know attacking fans uh, from the ice. All right, let's get to the uh, QMJHL team of the week, and I had it up here. It started with our guy. Um, well, now I've gone too many open things on it. Um, started with our guy, Etienne Moran. He was one of the defensemen. I know that much. Uh, there it is. Got too many tabs open when I'm not, uh, when I'm trying to control the phone and everything. Ah, Louis Philippe Fontaine of the Huskies. Two games played, four goals, two assists. Uh, Olivia Nadeau, three games, six goals, one assist. Lorenzo Can- Canacoa. Uh, Canonica. Huh? Canonica. Canonica. Uh, two games, four goals, two assists. Our guy, finally, for the third time, Etienne Moran. Three games played, two goals, four assists. Maverick Lamoureux of Drummondville. Two games played, two goals, one assist. And Francisco LaPena of Gatineau. 3-0, a 9-4-6 save percentage, and a 1.62 goals against average. Two of those wins coming against the uh, OHL Ottawa 67s in one of the cooler series that I'm kind of glad is back. Um in the river, the river series or whatever they call it. And the game, the QMJHL player of the week is Louis Philip Fontaine of the Huskies. Uh, two games, four goals, two assists for six points. Uh, all right, let's, uh, well, let's get to, uh, some happy news, uh, on the show. Weekly rewind. All right, welcome to the Weekly Rewind presented by Local Sports Pub. Looking for a great place to have some wings, beers, watch some sports with friends. Head to 1715 Main Street with a salty sea dog. Used to be happy hours are Monday. Uh, I believe it's 5 to 8. I should have really checked that, but I know happy hour is on Monday. I believe it's 5 to 8. Starts at 5. Um, and wing night is every Tuesday. They just had a Super Bowl uh, party where they were having square, like they had squares. They were giving away prizes. Some dude won a bike. Um, so, yeah. Make sure to check them out, and don't forget we will be doing some playoff uh, preview parties from them uh, into the month of April, which I'll talk about here uh, at the end of the show. We finally put some W's together, uh, put some wins in the win column, going two of three, bringing the road trip uh, record to two, three, and one, uh, which brings our record finally back over to 500, 24, 23, one, and two, 51 points, second in the Maritimes, or fifth in the conference. Uh, two points up on Bay Como, six points behind Ramuski, and five points behind the aforementioned Shakutami Sags, who are playing drum or playing Valdor this week. Uh, Wednesday, much needed win. They did it. Uh, they finally got over the hump. A four-two victory over uh, the Sea Dogs. Again, it wasn't perfect, uh, but it was a win. A little bit of a costly one as Trent Holm took one to the face. Um, he was out for the weekend. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a birdcage on and probably be back this week, but. Um, Ty Bell gets it going in the in the uh, the first minute, and the, the team just they didn't play perfect, but they got a victory. Yeah, you, they just they they got that early one and really didn't look back. Yeah, um, I think you sent me the the stats on this team. You know their records after one, and after two, and uh, you know they're they're a pretty good team if they have a lead. Yeah, and, real good. And they're a disastrous team if they're behind. Uh, I don't know if you still got the numbers there, but yeah, I'm just going to find it here. Uh, like their their record with a lead is is so they, they can, when leading after one this season they're 14 and eight. When leading after 40 they're 17 and one. Uh, when tied after 20 they're seven and two, one and two. Tied after two, five and seven. Uh, trailing after one period, so if they get down they're three and thirteen. And if they're trailing after two, they're two and fifteen. Um, outshot, and whether they're outshooting the opponent or they're sh- shooting, outshooting the opponent or being outshot, um, they're even. They're thirteen and thirteen, zero and one, or ten, ten and one. So, I mean, when this team has a lead, they can hold it, which struck me as odd. Um, but they're holding on to leads, and that's what you—that's what you need to do, and that's what they did in this one. They were up three-one after forty, and and they held on. Yeah, like they, they have that sense that they they lock things down after you know when they get a lead. Yeah, uh, which is, I mean, if it's the same, if it's like that in the playoffs and they get the first goal, well, you know, we we could be in for, um, you know, for a longer playoff than what we were expecting here. Yeah. But uh, if they give up that first goal, well, you know, look out. Yeah, uh, 
I we used to be able to talk about you know the cardiac cats or the character cats. Well, you know we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that in a while, right? Yeah. Uh, where they they get behind and and come back to win a game. You know, you just you haven't seen that uh, recently, and that needs to come back. Um, I agree. It was nice to finally get a couple of wins. Um, but you know, call me, you know, call me negative norm here, but, um, you know, negative Norman, these two wins weren't against, they were winnable games, right? I know we've got, uh, you know, we got Sherbrooke coming up and we got two games against Halifax coming up. You give me two wins in those games. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but, I think People the thing was we finally saw them win winnable games, and that's yeah. something we hadn't seen in January. And even in, in Bathurst, I mean, nothing like playing St. John and Bathurst in back-to-back games to kind of get your mojo going. didn't really help in, in Charlottetown. We'll get to that in a minute. But they outshot them 13-5 to in Bathurst. They outshot them 19-8 to in the second period, um, getting up 4 nothing, and again holding on after 40 minutes. But, I mean, if you want to play – it wasn't perfect, but it was great. I mean, you're facing those two teams, and you went one for 11 on the power play. Yeah. Again, that's something you need for momentum to have those leads going into the final 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had someone reach out, and nothing like facing the bottom two teams to kind of get your mojo going. And finally, yes, that's what got them going. And that's why I say it wasn't perfect, but – they got wins against teams they're expected. I don't care if they lose to Quebec and Sherbrooke and and Victoriaville and 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 whatnot. Like if you looked at this road trip at the start of the year, you're like, yeah, they're probably going. If you looked at the start, they're probably going four and two because you didn't know what Victoriaville was. You might get that one, but yeah. if you look at this in a vacuum and just these six games, this is exactly what would have been expected by this team on a road trip. Two, three. And one, if you ask a lot of fans and you just look at these six games, not the previous. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, we were playing those game, those teams two weeks ago. We lost them. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, these two wins are not – look, I'm not throwing confetti here no, and, no, no. and I'm celebrating. I'm, look, I mean it. Like, it's, it's nice to get a couple of wins, yeah. but really it was – I want to see wins against winning teams, yeah. right? Or, or I'm saying like it's um, Charlottetown on, you know, they, they seem to be kind of like a God, Achilles on that team. That's right. Like they're, they're, we can't win against them. I hate they playing always, that team. They always have a goaltender we cannot solve. Yeah. Which was why I was excited when I saw that we, they started Grimes on, uh, on, on, Sunday, yeah, was Saturday. Sunday, Saturday. Sorry, Saturday. Yeah, and, and it, they took advantage of it, right? They they he was going after two goals, two goals and five shots, and he had both of them. They squeaked through. Yeah, but then Robiard comes in and and you know locks it down. Yeah, and it, it's 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 just one of those things where every time we seem to play Charlottetown, they've they've got a goaltender we just cannot solve and. Um, I think at this point we've we've kind of got a book on on Robiard. We should be able to solve them. Uh, and well, it, it happened a couple of times, but yeah. then you get into overtime, and we all we all saw it. <laughs> yeah, Just we all a, saw what happened there. Yeah. You know, it was and and that game was you know I was up in the booth with that one. Um, that game was marred in controversy for both teams. Um, look, it was, it was a special teams effort for that one, uh, in the first period, uh, for both teams, all four goals in the first period were scored on the power play. Um, Mm -hmm. two for us, two for them. Um, some, I I don't know what it is with, with linesmen and the East link center. I I mean, LaBelle's penalty. I, I had to go back and watch it. And yes, he did get the one warning. But it looks like Charlottetown got the first warning and then LaBelle got the penalty. And I think what he was complaining about is the ref went to make a move and that's why he slapped his stick down to get the draw. And when you go back and watch it, it kind of looks like that. But the controversy at the end of the game was the icing call. And that got Jim Holton kicked out. He got a one-game suspension for it. So he won't be behind the bench um, this Thursday. But it was an icing. It was 100%, uh, it was 100% not an icing. 
Um, the player was even with him. It was a missed call. I understand it. But here's the kicker. You go back about 15 seconds before that, and you can see Kieran Gallant cross-check Bodine from behind. And they had a thing going all night. They were not, they're not fans of each other. And, you know, if Kieran Gallant gets called on that cross-check, we're on a six-on-four with the empty net. They shoot it down the ice. Maybe we – who knows if we score with our the way our power play is going. They shoot it down the ice. It's not an icing. They might ice that thing in overtime or in, yeah. in regular season. If we do score, I mean, you know, it's just both teams had missed calls near the end. Um, mm-hmm. An unfortunate turnover uh, in overtime that, that ended up in the back of the net. But look, I, I, I hate – Playing Charlottetown, and I said it on the on the the broadcast with Corey. I just I don't like playing um, that team. And you look at last year, well, in the last five years, I mean, Charlottetown's twenty eight and four against Moncton. Yep, that, they've had our they've had our they, number. They, and like I said, they always seem to have a goaltender. Yep. that we cannot solve, and it doesn't. It's not just this year. It's not just last year. It's not the year before. It goes back to McDonald. Pi Rocket. Oh yeah, you know they had they've had Antoine Bibeau, they've had Ryan Muir, they've had you know every single time you turn around, they seem to have a goaltender, a goaltender that the Wildcats just cannot figure, yeah. cannot figure. Yeah, uh, so good for them, you know. <laughs> they 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 have our number, and it's uh, I don't know what they're going to do next year with you know Robillard won't be back. I think he's twenty. Yeah. Um, by the way, Dawson Grimes is playing. I doubt he's back. Yeah, they got Flanagan in the the pipeline. So, I mean, they'll probably just acquire a, a goaltender and he'll stand on his head. It's there you go. I mean, and that's the uh, reason when last week when you said you you were thinking three and zero and I went two and three and losing Charlottetown. It, I mean, in the last five years, Charlottetown is twelve three and two on the island against Moncton. Yeah. It's just it's it's a mental hurdle they can't get over. Oh, and it's. They're going to have to acquire a goaltender next year, and you know we might just have one that's available. Yeah, you know, imagine we've got one that's available, and he goes down to Charlottetown and just starts shutting the door on the Wildcats. You know, hundred like, percent he would. It, it's it's just the way things yeah. are. It's uh, you go across the bridge as a Wildcats fan, and it's like, well, you pay fifty bucks well to go across the bridge, but you might as well get hit by a brick wall because you're <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it's been like for you know fifteen twenty years. Yep, yep. And uh, and what I will say about uh, said player that we talked about a little earlier, and um, if you watch that first period, look, we last week uh, in the in the heat of um, our show, um, a couple names slipped, and you know we we reached out to that person. We don't want to be that that group. We. We pride ourselves on being the voice. We understand their kids, and we've said that many times. Their kids, you got to find that balance. Dan Lacroix, go find his quote. He talked about needing this player in the lineup, um, and we're not going to have him this week uh, for at least two of the four games as we go against Charlottetown on Thursday, um, which is student night. Get your tickets. They're doing it. Get your tickets. Um, Sherbrooke is the pride night. Halifax, Halifax. I'm glad they got wins in two of three, but like you said, we're not planning parades of, of beating St. John and Bathurst. Um, we're not even buying full ticket packages, which I'll say at the end of the show why you can buy those. But this is a, you know, Charlottetown in our rink, um, the first game after a six-game road trip, and yes, they've been home this past week, but this is a tough little four-game stretch um, for Moncton having Charlottetown, who has kind of our number, Sherbrooke, and then Halifax, Halifax, which... They're going to be without LaRue, but they, they're they on quite a bit of a – I mean, they just had their first loss. But this is a good three-game stretch. They're playing four games in five nights and three and three over this holiday weekend. That's tough. Uh, that's Power play's tough. got to be on. Power play's got to be better than it than it has been. Well, there's going to be a lot. Uh, there's, there has to be a lot that's, that's on, yeah. you know, these games. You know, it's – we're down a defenseman yeah. um, in Hamel. And, look, I'll – he knows he didn't have a good game. Yeah. Uh, Lacroix knows he doesn't have a good game. And the way I look at it, I looked at the at the schedule. That was his last game in Charlottetown in his junior career. So maybe he just wanted to hang out with his billets, <laughs> you know, from from his days as an Islander. So, yeah. um, you know, these this this uh, this upcoming week is is tough. Uh, and I, if we get, Frank, 
I don't even know how to how to if go points have, wise. If, right? if we get three wins out of four, I'll, I'll I will personally bring confetti to the to the <laughs> studio next week, and we will we will throw it in the air. We will celebrate um, three wins out of four. Um, but that's that's it. If it's two out of four, nope. If it's one out of four, nope. Yeah. If we go winless, not a chance. Um, three wins out of four. I, I will bring confetti to the studio next week, and we will shoot it off. Uh, that's, that's just how, you know, I, I don't want to be, a, I want to take this negative Norman, uh, yeah. right now and turn into some positive Peter <laughs> and, you know, some positive Pete wants to shoot some, some competitive next the, week yeah. uh, in the studio. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm okay. You heard that, uh, you heard that gentleman, uh, three wins and four and four of these games. I don't care which three they are. Um, we're going to toss confetti for you. I think. The Islanders game is just so massive because that's one that you have to, I mean, you kind of have to have that one because um, now you're, you had two wins and you take the back-to-back losses against Charlottetown. And then you're really stressing with three and three against Sherbrooke and Halifax. It's just that, that, that Charlottetown one sets the tone. And the worst part is it's, it's the first one after the road trip and they've mm-hmm. never played well after, after a big road trip, but it's, they got to have it. And there's got to be a lot of facets that have to be good and power play has to be one, but discipline has to be one. You, this is a weekend oh. where you cannot take penalties against the Sherbrooke against the Charlotte or, uh, uh, Halifax and back-to-back games because those two, um, I mean, seven o'clock at home, four o'clock, and then you're flipping right around to two o'clock. It's not a, it's not a long road trip, but it's within 24 hours. Um, it's a big one. I'm trying to find the shootout or not the shootout, the penalty power play. So Sherbrooke's power play is 28.7 first in the league. And Halifax's is 22.6 eighth in the league for reference. Moncton's at 20.4 um, penalty killing Ottawa is at, Oh wait, wrong team. Uh, Victoriaville's leading at 83.6. Sherbrooke and Halifax are three. In, well, Oh gosh. I hate that. They put Ottawa in there two and three <laughs> at 82.6 and 82.1. So, I mean, our penalty kill is at 77%, so you cannot take penalties. Like, step one is no penalties, and if you get opportunities, you got to at least squeak a couple greasers in there um, to turn momentum because those are going to be those are going to be huge. If you have a power play against a team like that, you got to take advantage um, of the numbers uh, moving into into that one. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the old uh, everyone's favorite part of the show. I was there. You go. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it, special teams is going to be huge for these games, and you know what, Adam? In honor of Valentine's Day, we need the D. You know, and the D we need is discipline. <laughs> uh, we need the D. Uh, you know, we need the double D. Yeah. D's, you know, we need defense. Yeah. We need discipline, and if we can get the D, and we get the double D's, we get the double uh, U. Yeah, and the W, you know, we may maybe we'll be, uh, you know, slapping some, uh, shooting off some, some confetti there uh, next week in the studio. Oh, I'm kind of glad you weren't in the, uh, kind of missed the fact that you were in the studio to shoot off your confetti there. All right, let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. Murray Realtor, buy our house from him, stick tap of the week. All right, uh, stick tap of the week, uh, we're going to switch roles here. Uh, I'm going to take the stick tap of the week uh, this week. It's a pretty easy one. Uh, it goes out to a friend of the show, Corey Arsenault. Um, we've had him on for the trade recap show, the trade deadline shows, uh, as well as our preseason kind of look at the Charlottetown Islanders. Uh, he was gracious enough, along with George Matthews, to have myself and Layla up in the press box. Really nice press box, actually. When you go up top there, they've got a nice bar. They've got a nice uh, Islanders lounge. Um, they just put it in last year. Um Real nice setup that they have up there, um, and he was gracious enough to not only have us up in the press box, but uh, to have us to have me on the uh, second intermission. Now I thought it was going to be on the game, but unfortunately it was just on the radio and it wasn't recorded. So eh, I hope you caught it. Uh, but if you didn't, um, obviously a big big stick tap to him and uh, George Matthews, who he made my presence known on the on the broadcast more than a few times because I was uh, I couldn't cheer, but I think I may have thrown my shoulder out when Barbashev scored with about 18 seconds left there. I couldn't yell, but man, was I just pumping my shoulder. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so um, obviously a big stick tab of the week to the Charlottetown Islanders organization for allowing us to be up in the press box as well to Corey Arsenault, uh, the color voice of the Charlottetown Islanders for having me on the broadcast. The stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. And that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa, who now direct bills. Uh, This February, I know Valentine's Day was yesterday and maybe you got caught up, you forgot. Not very smart. Maybe you were in St. John at a hotel room. You couldn't get to where you needed to go. Um, if you want to make up for that, uh, give her a call. Uh, they got 15% off for the month of February as well. They've got a new, um, oh, I can't think of the word that's going through my mind, a card, um, a services card that you get nine, uh, nine massages, you get one free. Um, so if you maybe screwed up and you need to re rework some things, give her a call 506-830-1224 or visit them at 1224 Mountain Road. You're up. That's right. Uh, and, and again, in honor of Valentine's Day, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's Valentine's Day or or Canada Day or, or Easter. Uh, any day is a good day for a facial. Um, <laughs> He's been waiting for weeks to uh, do that, folks. The, uh, <laughs> the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week. Um, you know, he was on the, the Q Team of the Week uh, this week. Uh, two goals and, and four assists. Uh, Etienne Moran, number five of your Wildcats, uh, is the uh, our Wildcat of the week uh, this week. If you look at some of the uh, numbers he put up recently, Adam, I mean, just compare it to his, his rookie season. Um, eight goals last year. He's up to 17 now, so yeah. he's already doubled his goal production. Uh, his plus minus in his rookie year was minus 12. He's a plus 12 this year, so he's flipped that around by, by you know, 24. Um, and, you know, I know there's only how many games left in the season, you know, 17, 17 18, uh, 18 games left, 18 games left. Well, you know, if he can just happen to get eight goals in those final games, he will tie Keith Yandel's record for most goals by defenseman in a season, uh, which was 20, franchise records, 25 uh, set by Yandel in the Memorial cup hosting year of 05, 06. Um, you know, so if he's got 17 at this point next year, wow. uh, season, you know, there's a pretty good chance he, he, he might come close to that record next year. Uh, so if there's, if there's a defenseman who can get that record set by Yandel, I, I think we've got a, I, I think we can put money on Murat. Yeah. 17 goals. Now he's got 18 games left. Uh, he might have it by, he might get it. We'll, we'll have to make sure we keep that. 25 that's it that seems i thought it was higher than that for yeah it's 20 so most goals by defenseman's 25 most points by defenseman's 84 um both by yandel uh, he's got 53 this year what's that he's got 53 this year yeah 53 points so i don't think he's gonna get uh, 30 points in uh in 17 games but if he does we're on a heater yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think the the goals by defenseman record, if he doesn't get it this year and he progresses yeah. as good as he has next into next season, I think he's got a shot at that at that twenty five. Yeah. It's uh yeah, he's got a hell of a shot uh to get uh at least the goal record this year and then we'll have to look at uh maybe points next year. But um you'll be back in studio next week, correct? Yes, I will. Yes. It'll be the uh, family family day on Monday. So Tuesday. <laughs> so we will possibly be, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely, I'll definitely be back in the uh, in the studio for perfect uh, for, for 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 next Monday for next week's show. All right, that'll do it uh, for this week's show. Um, stay tuned to our social medias this week because we're gonna have a couple like and share posts uh, to win tickets to uh, Saturday's um, Pride Night again. I never thought it would happen. I know you didn't think it would happen. I mean, it's before we get out of here, that's a pretty monumental type game for, for this organization to have. Right. Yeah. Uh, this has clearly been happening, uh, with good reason. Yeah. Uh, across a lot of the rinks in the CHL and the AHL and, um, you know, even the NHL for, for that matter, you're, you're seeing it everywhere. Um, 
hockey, football, basketball, um, and the Wildcats finally got around to doing one. And yeah. it's, um, we don't know, they probably won't have the warm up jerseys, but, uh, no, this will, this will, this will be good. Um, it's been a long time coming. Some, the light bulb finally went off in someone's head, uh, in, in, in the organization. And, uh, so it's good on, good on them for, for finally stepping up and, and, uh, you know, not, not the, not to say they're showing some class here, but yeah. they're, they're getting it. They're yep. finally getting it. Yep. And it doesn't just stop. It doesn't start and stop with, uh, with this game against Sherbrooke. It's, it's all the time. Um, everyone has a right to play and, you know, let's make it an annual thing, not just a one and done, um, mm-hmm. kind of public pressure to put one on and, Oh, we did one. We're done now. Let's, let's continue to make it an annual thing. Um, moving forward. Um, yeah, so we'll have some some tickets to give away. We'll have two sets, two tickets to give away. Um, if you are a season ticket holder and you believe to achieve, you can now get your 2023 playoff packages. Um, just fill out the playoff form, send it to the email. Um, on game days, uh, top the kiosk, the gate one, they'll have uh, playoff packages to get them. And you can drop it off and pay for it at gate six on February 13th, 14th, or March 1st. And or give Sean Rogers a call at 850-506 now. You got to dial the whole number. Uh, 850-3911, which is kind of funny because I've been doing that my whole life in Alberta. But um, just for those wondering, um, tickets did go up. Um, last year, I think ours were 249. And now there's only three games in round one and then three games in round or best of five, best of five, best of five or whatever. Um, but my section, section 108, a playoff package is 307. I don't know if I'll get a playoff package. Um, I mean, if you do get it and they don't go past that, um, they don't, you don't use all your tickets. Uh, that does go to next year's season tickets, but the playoff packages are out for season ticket holders. And I, they haven't done the flex pack. Maybe. Oh, no, my bad. Flex pack playoff form. So you can get the flex playoff packages. No, just a little bit slower there. Internet. Um, it's probably what I will. So three nineteen for a sixteen flex pack, um, or a flex build a pack, um, or ten. So um, check your emails if you're a season ticket holder, um, as you can start to reserve your playoff tickets. Again, this is one of the things. I mean, I know the Wildcats. We didn't touch on it um, in the news and notes from around the league. Gervais Munger Award winner was uh, Jacob Steinman for the Wildcats as well. They hired a new general manager of business operations which i don't know about you but gave me a heart attack because i scrolled through it and just saw gm and i thought richie was i was like oh dear god i had to send it to you real quick like hey man i saw this and just about had a heart attack and you did too um hugo bernier um from quebec he was uh he's currently the vice president of corporate partnerships uh the trial Riviera alliance ties in nicely to what we were talking about uh last week which is montreal's echl team so I mean, hopefully a new voice. I mean, this is probably the third or fourth one they've kind of had. This seems like someone who has a hockey background as opposed to um, in the business world. Um, so he's got his work cut out for him um, as it's it's a pretty good market. But there's a few things that obviously could be could be enhanced. And the playoff package is one of them. If you're a season ticket holder, that first round, those three or four games, depending on if we have home ice, should be included in your season ticket. But I digress. I don't want to get into all that uh, again. Thanks for Jeremy taking time out of his uh, busy on-the-road scouting schedule to join me on the show. And he will be back next week, hopefully with some confetti in the Wildcast studios. Uh, for Jeremy, I'm Adam. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.